Welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. I say it all the time and I mean it every time. Thank you for your time. There's so many options out there of people uh, uh, putting out unbelievable podcasts and for you to take some of your time and listen to this show. Uh, Unbelievably appreciated. I say it every time and uh, I do mean it. Thank you. Uh, we have a uh, really fun show uh, this week. Uh, we have a interview with uh, Denise Akshoy, a uh, yeah a media monster right now in uh, in Turkish uh, basketball over over the place uh, with so many different uh, outlets programs uh, in uh, in Turkey. Um, unfortunately, most of them are in Turkish and. Uh, can't uh, understand them in, unless you speak Turkish, uh, but uh, have uh, have have watched her uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, she does some absolutely fantastic um, interviews, uh, sideline interviews, uh, halftime and uh, post-game interviews uh, for EuroLeague Euro Cup and um, just fantastic questions and and um, and uh, just I wanted to catch up with her um, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of women in in the game in the men's game I will say that and uh, also from the media side and so uh, I felt that it was uh, I felt it's important to put her out there uh, in the let's call it the English speaking community uh, people in the basketball community in Europe know her uh, but this is a little bit about her story to where she's at and uh, how she grew up in the game, um, and um, and uh, and really, um, uh, really became a uh, fantastic uh, journalist, and and uh, and her love affair with uh, Anadula Efes, uh, where that uh, came from, and what it meant uh, when the club finally rose the. Uh, uh, hoisted the trophy um, back in, uh, last last um, last spring, and uh, so it's a wonderful interview with her. I've been uh, meaning to to catch up and and try to to get to get an interview, um, and uh, so and once I once I knew that I was going to be doing the, the the show again, relaunching it. The, she's one of the people I wanted to talk to because I think she's a great uh, example, uh, and uh, I I know. Inspiration is a is a is a big word, uh, but um, you know I, I think that uh, I think that she should be considered an inspiration for young uh, young girls, young women in Turkey uh, and actually everywhere uh, in the in the in the world of basketball. Uh, we we welcome and 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 need uh, more women in the game. Um, it's, uh, and so this is, uh, my chance to try to help that. Uh, we also have a sneak peek interview, uh, with, uh, the, uh, from the taking the charge prospects podcast this week, we had Luke van Slotten, uh, 2002 born German, uh, player with, uh, basketball Leuven Braunschweig. Um, and we'll get to that in a, in a couple of minutes. Just want to now, uh, obviously run down our top, our big three that we do every week. Um, and, uh, story of the week, it's, uh, the, it's the EuroLeague. Um, you know, they decided over the, uh, over the, uh, during the week to put, uh, to actually then cancel all games, uh, from the, uh, that, that were played by the Russian teams. Uh, there was a couple of options on the table. One of them was to um, was to just cancel the games, uh, 
uh, but leave the results, uh, cancel the remaining games for the Russian teams, the three Russian teams in the uh, in the Tur- uh, uh, Turkish Airlines League. Uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, CSKA Moscow, and Unix Kazan. Um, leave the results, but cancel the re- remaining games. Um, or uh, null all basically uh, all uh, results. So any teams that had had played uh, against those teams, those results would just be stricken from from the standings. And uh, you know there was a, it was a tight vote, which was expected, and and it um, and it. Uh, and and it and it definitely had an impact on the standings. And you know, after uh, last night's games in the Euroleagues, uh, in the Euroleague, there's uh, you know, it's definitely some uh, uh, some some change uh, with the um, with the decision, and then with the results. Uh, for for example, Serena Svezda Belgrade uh, knocking off Real Madrid, and uh, they are right now in the eighth spot. Uh, you know, this is a team that. You know, uh, can't can't really score very much, but doesn't give up any points, and uh, they're right there in the uh, in the eighth spot. And right now, would be playing Barcelona in in what would be a really fun uh, a fun matchup. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's a really it's a huge story here. You know, obviously everything going on with with Ukraine and you know um, the the deadline to uh, for for the russian teams to be playing to be able to continue the season it's coming up soon uh, after which there's no turning back and then the there the the final decision will be final um so we're kind of waiting on that uh biggest loser in the whole thing uh Svenabache, who um, had beaten all three of those teams um and now we're going to lose those uh, three victories in are right now on the outside of the playoffs looking in it's still a super tight race. Uh, you look at Svezda at uh, with ten wins, and you have uh, um, Monaco also with ten, Fenerbahce with nine, and then even Alba Berlin and, and Basconia uh, with eight wins uh, apiece could still theoretically uh, feel like they have a chance to to get into the um, into the Euroleague playoffs. Uh, let's move to the young player of the week, and uh, it's uh, two th- it's 2001 born Jaime Padilla, the uh, big young big young big man with uh, Valencia basket. Uh, don't look now, but he has four games in a row of double digit scoring uh, in the Euro League uh, in the Euro Cup and in the Spanish ACB. Uh, over those four games, he's averaging 13.5 points, three rebounds, 2.0 assists. And 0.5 blocks. Uh, on top of that, also had uh, eight points and three rebounds in uh, these for the Spanish national team in the victory over Ukraine. So uh, you know, this is a guy that uh, you know came up in the Saragossa system, I believe, and uh, is really you know has a, is part of that unbelievable um, I don't know four-headed monster uh, of big men there at, in at, with uh, Valencia and uh, you know is really is not really regarded as one of the top prospects but you know you, you find you find another big man uh, you know 20 20 21 year old big man uh, who's putting up 13.53 rebounds two assists uh you know, it's a four-game stretch, of course, but you know he's been he's been pretty solid all year. But you know, you know, four games in a row top, uh, with double figures, double figure scoring. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a lot of them. And uh, so, again, he's not a guy that's high up there on on draft charts or anything like that. But uh, you know, slowly but surely showing uh, what he can do. 
uh, upcoming events. Uh, we don't have any youth tournaments this weekend, uh, but uh, we have a huge game uh, in um, in uh, in the Euroleague, and that is the Real Madrid uh, at hosting uh, uh, Milan. All of a sudden, uh, Real Madrid with that loss to Suezda, they are at sixteen and six. This is the standings taking away. Thank you to Basket News, uh, it's a great uh, site over there. If you don't, if you don't follow Basket Basket News, you gotta go over there, uh, BasketNews.com. There's so much great content on there, um, right up there with uh, Euro Hoops. Um, but Basket News has a updated updated standings, uh, taking away the, the 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 all of the results from the from the three Russian clubs. So uh, taking away those results, Real Madrid and Milan are both now 16 and six. And, um, and so they face off at, um, they face off uh, uh, in, in Madrid and Madrid have lost four games in a row. And uh, this is the first time that that's happened since uh, 2005. And they've, they've actually lost eight of their last 13 games. So, uh, a team that looked so unbelievably powerful uh, just can't find anything uh, rhythm-wise, everything else. Uh, really a shock um, with all the talent that they have. Okay, injuries here and there, but still they have so much talent. Uh, but to lose four in a row in eight of the last 13 is just amazing. And and that is a humongous game now because, you know, that, that, that takes you, uh, you know, uh, you know, drops you then in the standings. You know, and 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 really, they're only one game ahead of of Olympiacos, who are still playing fantastic basketball at fifteen and seven. Um, and then uh, and and uh, so uh, don't you know, you know Real Madrid? Everybody thought, uh, myself included. You know, I mean, really, the overwhelming favorites to 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 win the title. Um, yet it's Barcelona on top by 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 two games. Um, so that's the 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 upcoming event uh, is that game again uh, Real Madrid against uh, uh, um, Milan. All right, let's move to the uh, the sneak peek. Uh, here's my here's a little uh, snippet of the interview that I had with uh, Luke Van Sloten uh, with for the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, and we will catch you on the other side. Maybe just talk about then the you know this let's say two years you know this the t- time you know at at Braunschweig um, maybe your your development curve. Um, when I got here last year, uh, actually, wow, it's always already two years ago. Uh, when I got here two years ago in, in the summer, um, working one month uh, with with Coach Strober, we got. A lot into into my shot because it wasn't consistent. I had um, different type of movements on my shot. So uh, in that month, um, my my shot got a lot better and a lot more consistent, um, which led to actually shooting the ball really well, especially in the first half of that last season. Um, and for me, it was just about getting into those games, feeling the physicality and, and the speed of, of the of the BBL for the first time, like actually playing and not just being there for, for two minutes maybe, um, but actually feeling, okay, if I play 10 minutes, uh, I have to position myself here and, and do this and that. And um, my development got was, was, I think, really, really quick um, getting used to that level, um, which helped not just me, but the whole team that we could rely, 
uh, on me also a little bit playing more minutes and giving more rotation and um, just having a good impact on, on, on the game. And ever since then, it was just um, trying stuff out in the games. It was not, not a lot of um, crazy individual workouts in, in, uh, in the off time or something. It was more about, okay, getting to know my opponents, getting to know what I'm capable of doing, uh, where I have to position myself for uh, different kind of stuff in, in offense and on defense. And I think that's, that's where I developed uh, also the, this instinct of taking charges, of, of being in the passing lanes uh, a lot and trying to disturb just the, the, the opponent players. And so till, till this, to this day, um, from, from the beginning of this season, um, it's been up and down road for me in my, my performances. Um, but I think um, that this, this, this year is still better than last year in terms of being comfortable on the court, in terms of being comfortable um, of taking decisions, of being a, a vocal leader on the court for, for everybody, taking responsibility. Um, where I was also shy last year, I would say, um, because we also had like really, really uh, high-level players uh, last year that, that made a big step and had a much bigger role than, than me last year. But this year, I know what, what everybody uh, kind of expects from me and, and wants, or, or wants me to, to be. And I think um, I struggled in the, in the beginning of the season, putting a little bit too much pressure on myself um, for trying to take more responsibility, making another step in the, uh, forward. And when I knew, or I, at some point I knew, okay, I got to maybe take a step back and let everything come to me and then everything will work out. I was, I was uh, being way more, more comfortable and, uh, yeah, maybe we, we could have won a couple more games, but I think this, this season so far still has been uh, a, a really good one. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, uh, again, it, it's... Um it's 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 a it's um, it's not a surprise, uh, but you know you, you you look and you think, man, you know he's he's still so young. He hasn't turned twenty yet. He's already played almost eighty games in the in the German league, um, and uh, you know two thousand two born. Still a lot of uh, basketball develop time to develop left in there, and and um, yeah, it's so just uh, you know still exciting uh, to see him really so young and still be able to do the things he's doing. Um, and, uh, all right. So that of course is part of the taking the charge, uh, uh, um, paid subscription. If you uh, jump on taking the charge.com, you can uh, become a paid subscriber. Um, and with that paid subscription, you get the interviews, all of the interviews on the taking the charge prospects podcast, as well as the full archives of the talking talent podcast where we have scouts on and talk about all the talent around the, the world and um, have and and uh, the first two weeks of those uh, podcasts the talking talent podcasts are free uh, and then they go behind the paywall 
And so, but with the paid subscription, you get full access to that. Uh, if you think that the paid subscription is too much, drop me a message. Let me know. We can we can definitely talk about it. All right, let's get to uh, the interview. Um, absolutely wonderful person. Uh, was so excited to to talk to uh, to to her and uh, hear about her story about uh, and her rise um, uh, from uh, from just a just a fan. I guess, uh, if you will, and and just and, and then just you know really a meteoric media, meteoric rise, uh, and just have been super impressed with what she was she, what she's doing. And I don't even understand Turkish. I don't. So I don't even I don't even understand um, what she what she's fully talking about. But the but the um, the 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 work that I've seen uh, heard uh, in English. Um, you know, is, is, uh, you know, just whet your appetite for more. And, uh, you almost wish that you could, you could speak, uh, that you could speak uh, Turkish just to kind of, to get a feel for, uh, for, uh, an even better understanding of what she does. Um, so, um, again, thank you for listening to the show. Um, here's the interview. Uh, enjoy the, uh, wonderful personality, uh, Denise Ekshoy, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. So on the Taking the Charge podcast this week, I have Denise Aksoy. Uh, let's just kind of go through it. You're a league journalist, TV presenter on S-Sports, Uge Sene, uh, radio broadcaster, uh, Denise Aksoy, Ile Assist, uh, also the um, Denise Aksoy, Le Bia, close enough. One on one, one on one, three seconds, and uh, Dennis, uh, Denise, uh, Exoy with assist and assist with ex, uh, Dennis Exoy. Uh, Denise, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's it's a great chance for me to you know talk to you. Thank you. Uh, I guess let's just first start off. Do you even do you even have because uh, I, I think that was that wasn't even all of the shows that you do. Um, do you even? Because uh, I only have like sort of three shows that I kind of do, and and I I really sometimes have to concentrate on saying which one I do. And, and so, do you? How many how many takes do you have to redo where you're where you say oh, I'm on this show, but I'm actually on the other show? <laughs> so actually, let me let me rewind it, um, David. I have more shows than you just. You know, yeah. yeah, I have an NBA show with a legendary commentator in in Turkey. His name is Murat Muratanoğlu. We do two episodes per week. One is NBA Game Time. The other one is NBA Showtime. And I do NBA with him. You know, we talk about NBA. I have Deniz Aksoy Le Birebir, which is one on one with Deniz Aksoy in um in this ott you know digital platform just like netflix but it's a turkish netflix called gain and it's like a quiz show with basketball players and i have Uchsaniye in on esports that is like a regular basketball talk show that i you know have guests with me and talk about their journey and i have yearly show with maybe you heard of him ibrahim kutlai turkish yeah. legendary basketball yeah. You know, used to be a federation um, as well. Former, exactly. Former mm-hmm. player. I have that show. I used to do the radio. I have no time for to do the radio right oh, now. Oh, really? And, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine and, uh, why. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. But um, I love doing all of these and just, you know, that's, that's my whole life, which I just underline the names that that is my whole life right now. Well, I mean, uh, it's kind of pinch me uh, because it might not be true. You know, it's like, you know, you, you, you love what you're doing and that's the, the number one thing. Um, since, since this is actually, since probably, uh, most of the people that might be, or a lot of the people that would be listening to this, uh, would actually kind of know about your league. Let's, let's kind of get your insight. Um, since you're right there, you, you go to, you go to, uh, uh, Turkish games and stuff. And, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, two, the two, two, the two Turkish teams there in Istanbul, uh, are both fighting for the playoffs. And uh, I would really like to get your, I talk, I talk some EuroLeague um, uh, with, uh, uh, with uh, Moshe Bard from the EuroLeague Sweet 16 uh, podcast. And uh, we're trying to figure out exactly what Fenerbahce can or can't do. You know, I mean, they had these two massive injuries to Decalo and uh, to Vesely, um, but yet they're, they're right there. They're right there in the playoff race. Um, what do you think of what they've been able to do in, in getting past these guys, uh, past the injuries of those guys? And, uh, you know, they have a really big game coming up this week against uh, against uh, Maccabi. Uh, and then obviously next Thursday is the super huge matchup, uh, uh, FS and uh, Fenerbahce. We'll get to FS in, in a second. Uh, so your thoughts on Fenerbahce? Let's start with them. Well, um, first of all, first of all, Moshe. I, I want to say hi to him because he's a, he's a friend of mine as well. And um, I agree with his perspective and every, everything he says about basketball. I really respect whatever he says on this game. So, um, but okay, let's start with Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce is having so many troubles, you know, from the beginning of the season. First of all, their former coach left the team. Meanwhile, he was building the team and he was saying yes to this player and no to that player. So, and the new coach came into the scene and he didn't even have rights to choose a player for, for a player to come to the, to the new team, you know, uh, as a new teammate for the former player. So it was a whole, whole mess in Fenerbahce what was going on because the new coach didn't even know, didn't even have no idea about the players so because he couldn't choose so let's start with that and then afterwards obviously you know Jan Vesely, Nando De Colo they they signed Pieria Henry as a new addition to the club and they signed you know many players for for example Akila Polonara, Devon Booker which used to be the former player of new coach Sasha um, Georgievic so you know there were some renew uh, renewing yeah, I said right, right. Um, reunions. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. reunions about the about the team, and I think there are so many unfortunate things happened with Fenerbahce and with the players. Not the Decolo, with the dribbling. You know, he was injured. Jan Vesely, Pieria Henry, like they. I mean, these players. We we are like we're talking in in Turkey as. Maybe someone did a magic on this team, you know. They did. They, they put a. They put voodoo, a spell on this. Voodoo team. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like a voodoo stuff because it's just in, impossible. I mean, it's not impossible. Obviously, it's a reality. But you know, these things are going crazy out of hand. Um, so this, besides this injury things, I think coach had some troubles with using or not using some players on the team. 
for example, he was using Devin Booker more than he was using Akila Polonara, which I think he should have used more. And Sheikh Musazar, the young Turkish player, you know of him, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, sure. So he he was he he's a not was he's still a very potential star. You know, he's a young player. He wants to do more. He wants to prove more. But the coach, the way that Sasha Georgievic is putting him on the court is. It's just, you know, different than we've imagined. The media members imagined. The fans are imagined. So um, coach had some, I think, some troubles to using, you know, the, the roles of the players in different roles. And the injuries obviously came to the scene. The COVID, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you remember, you know, last shots of some games. Olympiakos game. You know, yeah, I think had three other, three games in a row where it was like by two points three, or something like that. Yeah, two points and two points and a point, you know? That, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And some some bad luck, some injuries, and some bad decisions affected on Fenerbahce. And I hope they'll, they'll get what they deserve and they'll do what we deserve to see from a Turkish team. And I think everything will be... It looks like everything will be okay, but we really don't know. Well, there's we a lot. Really there, it's a big. That's a big mess. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, Bayern, Maccabi, uh, Svezda. I don't know. Svezda is almost too far away to get in there, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, and actually, still right in the mix, right there is defending champs, FS uh, and Andula FS. FS. Um, yeah. I I thought before the season, and and I had no problem saying this. I I I. Uh, they missed one. They lost one of their most underrated players when Shatak uh, Shanley went to 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 Barcelona, um, sure. and you get uh, his departure. What he mean? What he what he meant? And and then you also have the perpetual target of being the champion, which is different than being the hunter. Um, and and I don't know, maybe if there's a little bit less of a drive of, of having, you know, you've already won it, so you don't have the drive of, of, of wanting to win it since a lot of that team is back again still. Um, you, you're a lot closer to the team. Your, your thoughts on, 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 on the state of, of FS? Well, um, I think it was like two months ago, I, I, I did an interview with an Italian news agency and I said the same thing. I still think the same thing. When FS had a problem, we, we didn't even know what the problem was. You know, we, we were sensing the problem. We were seeing there was a problem, but we didn't even know what was the real problem. But at the end of the day, well, I think it was like a three weeks ago. I think we kind of understood what was the problem. The problem was between the players and the coach. You know, we were, we were talking, all the media members in Turkey, we were talking that, you know, I think Kronoslav Simon had a problem with Ataman. Maybe, maybe. We didn't even know. Maybe Shane Larkin had a problem. Maybe Mistich had a problem. You know, there was a problem going on mentally because, because the players were playing, but mentally they were not on the court. And after the day after the day after, you know, weeks after the month later, we saw that since mentally they were not there, physically, obviously, they cannot be on the court when they're mentally not there. Mm-hmm. And um, when Kronoslav Simon was absent, the failure comes to the scene. You know, when Shane Larkin didn't play the way that he used to play, we didn't see the wins. When Shane Larkin was playing the way that she, he used to play, we couldn't see Missich was playing in the way that we want to him or we were expecting him to play. So, you know, there, there was not 
there was a unbalanced things going on in in the team and Saitach was a was a big 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 hero for FS that's what we got from what we've seen throughout these months and we've and seen it that his when he came back that was that exactly. was emotional you know i mean even just having you know as personally no connection to the team to the but just seeing the connection that yeah. the fans had with him coming back yeah cuz he he was a such a strong hero for fs he was he was letting us and helping us as a turkish team i'm saying us mm-hmm. fs to win those games you know last season and when we don't have a big guy we're missing the games we're losing the games and mentally when our guys are not on the court we're literally losing the games and i think nowadays ataman coach with the management they solved their problems with the players and we see that you know the old fs is coming back it's coming back cuz we we're about to see you know this this champion it's, it's um, almost too late team. it's not too late it's, but it's getting I close know. It's getting if they, close. There's a, if they if they lose a couple of games, unluckily, you know, there's a lot of that. You're hoping that that Unix comes down, you know, that yeah. that seen it maybe yeah. comes down and stuff like that. That maybe you can jump, you know, maybe jump in. Maybe, maybe there's just not the eighth spot, but maybe there's the seven, sixth, uh, you know, seventh, and maybe even the sixth spot that that are, are up for grabs still. So, but but David, last week the t- those i mean the before the last two weeks ago when there were early games happening you know when alba won you know when the, mm. uh, some some that was happening exactly <laughs> exactly jagiris won i hoped i'm like okay fs has to win olympiakos game this is a huge chance yep and then we lost <laughs> and i'm like okay so i'm not going to wish anything i'm just going to sit down watch the game and try to see what's going to happen. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier uh, when there's no skin in the game. I don't have any rooting <laughs> interest, but we'll get to that in uh, in in a, in a couple of minutes. So I I, I want to talk about your journey. I mean, people people know you. People have seen you in, in you know in various places, and so uh, I want to kind of talk about the journey where you're at now. So you're, you're born in Istanbul, and and your, your father was actually the team doctor for Anadolu FS uh, for about mm-hmm. ten years. So you know you grew up around the game um and you grew up around fs and, and so you know i imagine that's probably where the the love of of fs came um maybe just talk about you know early memories that you have of the, of the club any you know particular players that really kind of stand out any moments that that kind of stand out uh, in in those uh, early days well um since i was a baby not even i was a kid i was a baby i i as you said i grew up in that environment i i've seen kaspar kambala i've seen mehmet okur i've seen you know all the legendary names all the legends european legends and then also american legends or serbian legends turkish legends in that club so with with a such a you know i i always say this i'm very lucky that i've seen it i've experienced it back in the back in those days when i was a baby because it's subconsciously i mean i i feel it i lived it so i'm trying to bring those memories maybe today you know into the into today into that moment that which i'm living right now and which i'm trying to give to my audience because um it's, it it was a, such a great journey i experienced everything i don't even remember particularly you know what happened back in those days what kind of championship that i have to read because mm. on 1995 or 1996 i was 
two, three years old. Well, I, I, I was you didn't have to say it. I, 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 uh, exactly. Gentleman doesn't ask a woman's age. So <laughs> no, no, no. But I was born in 1993. So, you know, I'm like when I was a baby, I've, I've seen that FS won a Korach Cup, the first cup that, you know, as a basketball team brought to Turkey, a Turkish basketball team. So it's just such an honor for me and for my family to have a part of that success. And since I'm doing this job, I'm, you know, trying to try to remember those days, which I cannot, but I'm trying to build more and not, I don't want to call it success, but I want to build more memories into this game in, in Turkey, in Europe, in, I don't know, in States, wherever I can do, because this game really matters to me. And I love this game. I love every single thing about the game. I love how powerful that it affects on people's life, in fans' life, in players' life. So I'm trying to put some stones to build a bigger picture in that, you know, scene about basketball. And, and, and Italy had a big part of it. You, you attended the Liceo Italiano di uh, uh, Istanbul, yeah. Italian uh, high school, actually owned by Italian government, as far as I can tell. Um, so classes in Italian, is that right? In, in high school? In, uh, yeah, everything. In yeah. So, uh, so, math, so tell, tell us about that. Actually, we had the interview with Mert Akai a couple uh, weeks ago. Uh, for the prospects podcast and he went to the german high school in istanbul so yeah uh, and yeah. said you know uh, talk, talk about the italian you know how did that come about so um i chose to go to italian high school in here because we have american high school german high school as matt went um italian high school french high school we don't have spanish high school but other than that we have you know australian austrian high school and obviously Turkish high schools, but me and my family, we chose for me to go to Italian high school because since I was a little kid, I was very social. Uh, I'm very like talkative, you know, as Italian. So I was trying to, you know, put more spice in my life by going to, by getting the Italian culture. So I've attended, I've been to Italian high school. I studied in Italian high school, every single lesson besides Turkish, um, Turkish lecture and, obviously English, was in Italian. And after that, I got a scholarship from Italy, from Milan, from a Catholic university. I went there. I studied in Catholic university, Università Cattolica in Milan. And I, I lived in Milan for eight years. And I worked there. I did a, you know, well, I did let's, some let's, let's be, let's, Before we get there, so, so actually... Um, FS head coach uh, Ergan Ataman is actually an alumni of, of the uh, Italian high school as well. I'm sure you guys had a nice laugh. Yeah. When, when did, tell, tell us about how that, how that sort of fact <laughs> came about that you guys realized, hey, you went there too? Yeah, um, I don't even remember. Maybe he knew, maybe probably he knew while I was going to Italian high school because my, because my father, father and him, gotcha. yeah, exactly. They're, they're friends. And, uh, but when, for example, I remember that thing when we were at the game, I went to him and say, hi, you know, hi, Agin, how are you? Da, da, da. And we were, we were talking about some, you know, stuff going on before the game about the game and about the players. And we start talking in Italian and because no one could understand us, only me and him. And maybe if there was, I don't Italian remember if there was a Serbian player or Italian yeah. player, that, yeah. because some Serbians can understand yeah. and okay. speak in Italian, like Jelko Bradovic, for example. But I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, when 
I mean, he knows that I've been to Italian high school. I know that he attended the Italian high school, but his Italian is very good, actually. Very good. Yeah. Um, why, uh, why Milan? And, and what did you study there? I studied Linguaggio dei Media. It's like a media. Um, and I studied, so I had to study Theologia. I studied Philosophia. When I say philosophia, you understand, right? Theology, <laughs> and, and theology, theology, yeah. theology, and, yeah. and philosophy. Philosophy uh, and lecture and media and mm -hmm. my my profile in media in in our in our university it was like that. You had to have a profile. For example, some people would choose journalism or radio, television, or theater, and I chose theater. So I had also dramaturgia, dramaturgy classes, but I studied media overall and I'm doing what I love to do. You know, I, I mixed my past basketball with mm -hmm. what I studied mm -hmm. media. So I'm doing the basketball journalism. Um, and, and in Milan, um, as, as someone who really shows some NBA level style level, clothing, whatever, Uh, how much fun was it being in Milan for you? And, and maybe how much did that sort of uh, develop your style? How much? It, in what way? Just being in the style capital, fashion capital that Milan is oh, always fashion. known for. Oh, fashion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, my and, God. NBA fashion, NBA, NBA level fashion <laughs> is what I was saying. Level fashion. Oh, okay. No, because um, your outfits are, are, are pretty, pretty, pretty fantastic. Have to say. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, it helps me a lot. Because my first year, I remember when I was going to grocery store, I'm like, oh, wow. That, do these people really go to grocery store like that? Or are they going to go have a dinner before the, I mean, after the grocery store? Because mm -hmm. this is incredible. You know, they're so beautiful. They're always with their nail polish on. Their hair is done and everything like that. So, you know, I'm I, I started to copy paste everything, you know. I how, how much of that did you already have? I mean, were you already on the way there? I, or? I was, I was, because, you know, I studied in Italian high school. My, yeah, my mother is a doctor too. So she, I, I, I grew up seeing her always putting the high heels on before okay. going to work and, you know, always. Rest. So, so I, I was familiar with that before, even before going to Milan, but Milan really changed my whole perspective about, you know, fashion and you know putting the shoes on clothes on coats on even if it was i don't know minus nine degrees you have to be chic <laughs> yeah. yeah so so it's so it's it it rings true the fashion capital of the world it is for yeah. sure for sure for sure uh speaking and, you know i think I, i'm so sorry no, i no, think give... some of the nba players should hire some italian stylists Ooh. yeah I think so. <laughs> yeah. um, quite a while ago on Instagram, you, you tweeted, when your idols are the most incredibly gorgeous women alive, um, and you had pictures of Selma Hayek, uh, Nadine Lubecki, uh, uh, Monica Bellucci, and, and Penelope Cruz. Um, what about those amazing women made them role models for you? Um, because they never lost their identities. They were so, they embraced their flags, they embraced their um, nationalities, nations, and they were, they never had, they never faked it. And they, 
always try to put more work on what they were doing and they're still doing and they, you know, created their own style. So I think as a female and for a woman, for young girls, for young ladies out there, I th I'm trying to give that message all the time whenever someone is asking me questions or whenever I'm trying to put a work on, out there that people and women, especially women, should never try to um, put put more than they they are, you know, or less than they are. They always have to prove who they are. They don't have to, you know, they have to, they have to be so happy with their self, with themselves. They have to be happy with the way that they look. They don't have to change the way that they look. I mean, they have to be natural. They have to read. They have to get a very good education. They have to look, they have to learn. Whatever they have to do, I think they have to do from inside without faking it naturally and organically. And these women, these, these ladies, which you just said about the names, Nadine Labaki, Salma Hayek, Melissa Cruz, Bonica Bellucci, they always embrace what, whoever they are and from wherever they are about their flags and their nationalities. And they always, you know, move organically and and naturally you can only That's watch why. you can only watch one movie um from one of that quartet for the rest of your life which one would it be, would it be and why mm, one movie starring one of those actresses yeah uh, uh, uh. oh that's a very tough question <laughs> i think uh i choose Caramel by Nadine Labaki. Mm -hmm. What's that about? Unfortunately, I can't it's tell about, you. Yeah, it's about the Lebanese. It's about a Lebanese woman who is, you know, owning and and uh, managing this beauty salon in in Lebanon, in Beirut. Mm -hmm. And um, there, I think there was war going on, but the, you don't see that war. You know, bad things happening. And and you know, I uh, I think. Or maybe, yeah, I think caramel. <laughs> yeah, now it's, it's a tough question. But no, I mean, you see natural scenes. You see uh, what a lady's life, whatever he's, she's struggling about. You see it in a very organic way in that, mm -hmm. from that movie. And, or I can, I mean, second, I would put uh, Penelope Cruz's Volver. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it as well. So you should. It's a very good movie. That one. I mean, there are so many movies I can't choose, but <laughs> Caramel. Let's say Car I go with Caramel by right. Nadine Labaki. Um, while we're still away from basketball, I, I would like to ask them uh, about another earlier period in your life. Um, looked like around 2012 or so, so 10 years ago. I don't um, want to make you feel old. Uh, Peru. Um, uh, as some, I'm an American and, and I've, I've, uh, I've been to a lot of places in Europe and I've been around a lot of places in, in, um, around the world. Uh, but uh, Central South America is a place that I've really never been. And I just was wondering what kind of impressions did Peru leave on you that maybe are still kind of lasting to, to this day? Um, it gave me, I mean, before the two years before Peru, when I did not have an Instagram, we went to Magellan Sea, you know, the Terra Fuego, Argentina, the very uh -huh. south side uh -huh. okay. of uh -huh. the uh -huh. South America with my family. Mm -hmm. Because 
we we love to go those different places and uh, to see different cultures. And um, be, before Peru, when I went there, I experienced infinity. Yeah, I did not experience obviously, but I tried to put that image on my head that when I saw that Magellan see that, you know, you can't see the ocean, you can't see the further. There's a um, like there, it's not limited, you know. Mm -hmm. There's limitless thing in in front of you. And when I went to Peru, I experienced the same thing. I'm like, okay, this world is huge. We're living in a, it, it's a, it's a very, very big territory that we're living, but we're so connected to each other that, you know, everything, I mean, when I, when I saw this young girl, little girl smiling, I feel the same feelings when I saw from her smile, but we're from different places and the territory is so big, but the emotions are so small and little mm. and it's so basic and, and the so same. simple. And it's the same, you know, I experienced that. I think I, I can say that as a very small example that we're living in a very, very big place, but with a very basic and simple and, and the same feelings in this big place and space. That's let's, all I can say about her. Let, let's reel it back in. Let's come back. Let's go back to, to Milan. I, I saw a picture of a game, uh, a yearly game uh, somewhere, I think around 2015 or so in Milan. Um, you studied media, you were a basketball, you, you grew up with basketball in your blood. Um, and, uh, you know, you're in a, in a Euroleague city. Um, maybe how, how did you start? Let, let, let's, let, let's, let's start putting the, the building blocks together to get where you are now. Um, and I imagine that kind of started in Milan. How did you kind of start, uh, things, uh, in the, in the media world? In the media world. I, um, I did some internship with different places in Milan, in sports industry. And when I was doing the internships, I had some friends, you know, I had some <clears throat> young um, female athletes friends and some basketball player friends. And I tried to see, you know, how, how their world is going on from outside of the media. And when I start to do uh, I started with um, Euro Devotion, this uh, media company, basketball uh, news company. Uh, when I started with that, I when I was writing the articles, I put what I saw from outside of basketball world, from a basketball player's vision, and and as a you know friend of a basketball player, player the way that they see about this game, and I also put my side of this game, the way that I see and some fans side of the game. So I, I collected everything, whatever I would write down. I, I just, you know, try to experience everything from outside and inside of the basketball world. And I, yeah, I start with Euro Devotion and I start to write some articles, went to EuroLeague games and I was the media assistant for EuroLeague on, for the final fours in Istanbul in Serbia, in Vitoria Gaste. So, you know, I was trying to do this and that and this and that when I graduated from, from university. And yeah, that's how it was going. So, but Vitoria is already 2019. And, and so if I'm not mistaken, uh, you first was, uh, well, actually was, did you do anything for Eurobasket in 2017 oh, was that was that with you first or was that uh with the local organizers or uh fibo eurobasket 2017 which obviously the the the, the end phase 
was was uh, in Istanbul. It was with you first. It was with you first while I was working for you first. And um, I also worked for you first. Yes, I, I don't want to skip that. I worked for you first basketball. So it was for you first that I was doing some media and management parts of the basketball because I really wanted to learn about the management parts. I wanted to learn how they were because I already I don't, I don't want to call it as I knew 100%, but I was, you know, trying to understand everything about media when I graduated and when I worked for the media companies, but I didn't know anything about management. So I wanted mm -hmm. to start to know about the management of the of basketball and of EuroLeague, FIBA, Eurobasket, and all of that. So when that Eurobasket was going on, I wanted to go to games. I wanted to, you know, know all the sponsorships, how the management was going. So I attended those games and I worked for the management of the U-First management parts in Istanbul for three months. And, and I did some deals with between EuroLeague and some sponsors. So it was a great and huge experience for me and for my life. I actually, David, did, oh, I, I don't want to forget about those things. So th thank you for reminding me. I did a commercial with Jelko Obradovic. Wow. Of EuroLeague, yeah. I mean, I, for, it was for like, EuroLeague. For EuroLeague, but we mm -hmm. did the deal. We did. Mm -hmm. We we signed the sponsorship for mm -hmm. EuroLeague, and he was the face of the <clears throat> of the sponsorship. So, um, it was it was a great experience. Yeah. Um, and and then, uh, 2019, uh, as somebody who was in China for the first time, I I know China kind of. Blew my mind, um, and uh, I'd been around Asia a couple of different places, and but China is just a different beast. Um, and, and you were there as as well. Um, talk about your experience there, uh, what you thought of it, and, and how you how you go back and remember uh, China FIBA Basketball World Cup 2019. So it was my first, very first job for S Sports. Okay. Right before I signed with S Sports. Turkey they sent when you I there. was in Milan yeah they're like okay Denise you want to go I'm like yes I want to go I want to go I was alone I was by myself no cameraman no one nothing had you had you, had you covered um had you covered the Turkish national team before no, no. that was my first time mm -hmm. that was my very first time and I was I found myself in in Shanghai and I'm like Okay, Denise, are you ready for this? And, um, you know, I was, but there were some other companies, camera guys, for example, national TV in Turkey, the, the other companies, but there were few, you know, and I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know who, who that guy was and who this was. So I went there alone and I was, you know, I wanted to get some content from that. I was, I wanted to do some interviews. So The head of the escort talked with the other companies to for the rental of the cameras. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I was talking with the players. I was doing the interviews with the captain, with Scotty Wilbekin, with uh, Federation, the head of Federation, the president, the CEO. So, but I was doing everything by myself. So I tried to learn, actually, I tried to learn everything in that, in China, in that cup. World Cup. So um, there was this USA game 
which I was like, I, the Steve Kerr is here for the first time in my life. You know, Steve Kerr is standing right there. Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. Jason Tatum. Greg Popovich. I was asking questions to Greg Popovich. And, you know, that day we were actually going somewhere, um, Dongguan. We were about to travel that. And before that, I, I couldn't sleep. And I was thinking, you know, Denise. You're alone. You're doing these thanks to obviously Esport and Turkish Basketball Federation. But you can do more, you know? I, I really, that day, I trusted myself because I've seen from myself that which I can handle and what I can do. And I, and I put a confidence into, into my work. And thanks to that journey to China, I think that's how I succeeded. That's how I did my basketball TV show, talk show, you know, with Uçsaniye. Because the, after, that, after that experience, when I came to Turkey, to Istanbul, I talked to my manager in Esport. I said, okay, so we're, we're going to work together. I'm coming all the way from Italy to here, to Turkey. Because you, you, you were I, still actually living in, in, in Milan by this time, right? I was, I was, I was. I was living in Milan. But I said, you know what? I want to do my own basketball talk show in Turkey and on Esport because I trusted that company Esport which I still trust and they trusted me and I saw that you know chemistry and I'm like trust me that every single week I'll have a guest on the show and I'll create my questions and I'll put something which is which you're gonna like on the table so do you trust me and they said okay we trust you and I said okay Say no more. Mm-hmm. I came to Turkey. <laughs> I moved to Turkey. And um, you know who was my second guest of the show? Shane Larkin. Larkin. Okay. <laughs> and then when I had him on the show, four days later, and we didn't even air that. We, we were still, you know, it was on hold because we were waiting to other week to, for, for that episode to go on air. Right before that episode would go on air, he scored 49 points. Okay. And I was like, (laughs) to the universe, I'm like, okay, this is my luck. Like, this is really my luck. Because Shane Lycan didn't give no interviews to anyone. He gave an interview to me. And this is going to be my second episode. So, you know, everything is perfect because people are going to watch because Shane Lycan obviously was Shane Lycan before that interview, but after he scored 49 points, obviously mm. people would click on the name of Shane Lycan interview. So, you know, that was, I think everything was going great, like luck-wise, and, and yeah. Um, if you could do any other job, though, what would it be? Um, wow. What would it be? I could be, uh, I could work in CNN International to do the news. <laughs> I think it's still the same job. So, def- but so definitely, definitely in media then. Definitely media because I love, I love talking and mm-hmm. I love talking to camera and I love giving something to people to learn about. Fa- favorite interview? My favorite interview? Mm-hmm. Um, the, okay, let's call it like that. The interview, which I, I wanted not to end, you know, I would want it to last long. 
uh, Nigel Hayes. Mm -hmm. He was, he's a, such a different guy. You know why I think it's my favorite interview? Because I think he is the, he is the one and only basketball player who reads the most. Reads the most? Mm -hmm. Other than who reads the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way that he talks, the way that he puts his imaginary world up out there, you know, when he talks about me. He knows about our, you know, pre former, create the the big president, Ataturk. He knows about him. He knows about Turkey. He knows about cultural stuff. He knows, like, it, it was such a great interview, which I've done with Nigel. Um, Rick Barry, I would put mm. Rick Barry as well. Um, well, there's so many. I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I can't even choose. There's so many. Last time you were, quote, stage fright interviewing somebody just or starstruck if there's you know even if at all you understand what say i mean it again, right? i'm so sorry last time you you were let's say starstruck like wow i'm interviewing this person if at all okay uh, 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 uh jamal jamal crawford really well should i say jamal crawford or i don't know maybe pj tucker no Magic Johnson. <laughs> okay, that, no, no, but, no, no. But that was recently though, right? Magic. That was recently. Yeah, that was recently. No, 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 not Jamal. No, no PJ Tucker. Like that, that wow was Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you because... fear, did you fear, I interviewed, I interviewed Pop at the, oh God, where was that? Uh, Messina was coach. Um, and he was there, it was, was it world cup? He was visiting. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was, he was visiting somewhere and he has this, he has this history of, I don't know, kind of eating sideline reporters alive. Did you fear, did you, <laughs> I fear, know. Did you fear poppets at all? Uh, no, I didn't because when I interviewed pop, it was, um, it was, yeah, 2019 and he was so nice to me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he thought that I'm like this little kid <laughs> that is trying I, to build her career. I, I I, I'll admit, I'll, I'll admit that's one of the actually very few interviews uh, that I was actually nervous with, and but it was it was totally fine. And I and, and we did it. It was a tandem interview with somebody else that I did it with, and and my questions were actually pretty, you know, I, I would say kind of you know you know solid questions. And I think that's what he appreciates is that if you show you know what you're talking about. That Messina is very much like that too. If you if you know what you're oh, talking yeah. about, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, my Messina interview was really good, actually. You know, I was like, you know, he 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 was really nice to me. I don't know. Um, commentators, media people, maybe that you've over over the course of your time that you've kind of seen as role models, mentors, whatnot. Um, mentors, maybe Doris Burke, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe um let's call maybe but the ones i really like the style is um oh boy this is hard as well i i like taylor rooks i like taylor rooks i actually met her on um during the drafts i love um i love rachel nichols mm -hmm. 
I love Rachel. I love. I don't. I mean, I'm so sorry about what she did, but she she's she's good at what she's doing. I love. I love. I love Doris Burke, Taylor Rooks, um, Rachel Nichols, and Malika Andrews. She is very. She's very good at what she's doing, and and the guys. The guys. I don't know. I don't know. There are so many. So I just, you know. In in, know. in May 2018 on Instagram, you said, as a female in this industry, I, I am beyond proud. February 2021, it's a little bit longer. Being on the court side, uh, being on the court side or on TV is uh, with your knowledge and the rest is whatever you call it. It's not easy, but it's worth it if you love this game. I adore this game and I know how to deal in this game. I'm supporting all the queens out there who are putting everything on what they are doing for sports. That's what we believe in, and that's what we're hustling for. Cheers, ladies. Uh, we talked about the actresses, uh, sort of your role models. We just talked about some of the uh, some of the uh, media people, uh, role models. Do you feel like you're a role model? Do you have uh, young young girls, young women come up to you and, and ask you for advice? How do you have you had to do you deal with that yet? Have you have you come across much of that? Because like I said, uh, in, in Turkey, you're getting close to be a rock star. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, yes, I received I, I received many messages and DMs, direct messages and some emails. I mean, my 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 link on the email is attached to my digital management uh, managers. So I don't receive those emails, obviously. But when someone is DMing me, you know, sometimes I'm just trying to see and I see many young ladies that they're like, Denise, if you need an internship next to you, I can be the assistant. I can, can I ask you some questions? Can I get on a Zoom call to do an interview with you? But it's not gonna be on air. Just, I wanna know how you deal with those stuff and all of that. Unfortunately, and I'm sometimes getting mad at myself that I cannot help because of the timing. And I wish I could, you know, really help to those girls and ladies out there because I know that they can even do better than I do. You know, they can do much better. They can do the best version of themselves. Like they can, they, I mean, I cannot see, I cannot say that I'm a role model or anything like that because I never see myself in that way. I, I it's just, I don't know, but it's nice to receive those messages and those, you know, I don't know, interest on what I'm doing and the way that I'm doing. And I'm trying to respond and I'm, I'm obviously answering to all, you know, those messages from young ladies who are trying to reach out, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean. don't you're, you're still you're still really young but uh, don't underestimate um the the power of, of what you're doing i mean it, it's it's becoming less but it's still a very uh male dominated game and 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 you know in, in europe you are one of the very very few women i, I know there's a there's a lithuanian woman, uh, woman, uh, a female reporter i can't i have no idea what her what her name is uh, i think she's she's covering uh late uh rita's uh um uh I think she's covering Rita's. Um, so I don't, I don't remember. Um, okay. So don't underestimate it. Um, and, uh, and uh, so let's, let's kind of getting kind of close to finishing. Uh, so, uh, you know, one of your shows is, uh, and you mentioned it already, you, you partner with uh, Murat. 
Murantaroglu. Yes, you. Oh my God, you pronounce so good. Yeah, I don't pronounce query. Um, you know, he's he's been around a long time. Been you know doing you know for so long. Uh, what are some of the things you've learned from partnering with him? Oh my God, a lot. Uh, I think in my career, I always say like I have. Thank God, I have two mentors. When we were talking about the idols, I mean. Doris Burke and all those young ladies, I appreciate their their presence and I, I like their style, but they're not my mentors. I can call two people my mentors in basketball industry. One is Alberto Marzagalia, who I worked with with him in Euro, Euro Devotion. He's the head of Euro Devotion. The other one is Murat Muratanolo. He is like, I always call him like that. He's a library, you know, library of a basketball, of basketball. Of, of a basketball world, I mean, of players, of Michael Jordan. Today, for example, uh, this morning we had a show and when he was talking about Michael Jordan, he was talking about Magic, he was talking about Kobe Bryant, he was talking about Haki, uh, Kareem, he was talking about, you know, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Wait, well, the way that he talks, I just, I, because my, you know, my thing is I don't, I don't read my questions. I don't think about my questions. I always connect the questions because I study my questions. But with him, I don't even think what I am going to ask or the next question or the time. I just listen to him because it's like a movie. It's like a documentary. It's like the way that he tells. So I'm learning, David, I'm learning a lot from him. Like I can't say specifically that which I learn, but I learn. Main thing, what I learn is, um, I try to see the game from my side, you know, my, from my perspective. I try not to listen what other people think, what other people think and what other people can comment on. I respect, I, I understand, but because, you know, some young people in our industry do this mistake that they're like, okay, this one says this, okay, let me put it, okay, let me change. And then let me, let me put my own version and then let me just put it out there. I don't do that because I learned this from him. Be unique. That's what he says. Like be unique, be, have your own style. And, and yeah, if one day I'll comment on a, during the game and about the game and on the game, I will do that, which I learned from him. Um, so actually the, the, yours, there's actually another audience for you and it's actually the Houston Rockets. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and I, I don't, I don't, we, you know, we don't need to go too much into it. Um, but, uh, so you were last, last year you were at the, um, uh, yeah, last year you were at, at NBA finals. We talked about that really briefly, uh, off, off air. And, and then you were also in the, in the, in the States, uh, for the NBA draft, uh, to accompany, uh, Alper and Sengun. Uh, who was obviously drafted by the Houston Rockets and a lot of Houston Rockets fans, draft fans, I guess. Um, they they saw you coming off the bus. They you were the you were the translator for him and and you know kind of I guess I guess developed the personality following whatnot in, in Houston. Um, and, and I don't really I don't need to know about the I'm not really interested necessarily in in the um, uh, in the in that following in, in Houston, but but you know because that's a whole nother um, a whole nother aspect of, of life. And, 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 you know, you were accompanying, you know, Alperin and, and, you know, you know, being drafted is such a huge moment in all of these people's lives and, and being able to share with him so much 
um, just by, you know, passing along his message that he was giving. Um, what was that like for you? And, 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 uh, and so what did you, you know, kind of think about the whole draft experience with him then? Oh, wow. That, that whole experience was just, you know, it was, it was something different. It was something different because I was with a, with a kid who was like 10 years younger than me. And I was trying to translate everything. I was trying to accompany him and I was doing with love. I was doing with respect. I was doing with, with, as I said, the love of this game. And, and he's such a great person. He's such a great kid. He deserves everything in the best way because he, he really loves the game. He, he knows the game. He's, he has a very high IQ of basketball. So he, he can prove people that who he is, who he truly is um, in years because he's so young right now. This is his first season. And, and while we were on the draft, I was trying to help him, but at the same time, I was telling him also, iPad and try to enjoy this moment. Like, try, <laughs> let's, let's enjoy this moment because you're not going to come here again. Yep. I think I'm not going to come here again. And uh, this is going to be our first and last time here. So just enjoy, relax, live the moment. And you're going to, whatever ranking will be, we don't care. You don't have to care because you are here in this green room. I'm here with you. And actually, after many years later, I think I am the one and only female who was in this bus, in that bus with the draft players. So, you know, I was like, it's, it's a huge honor for me. I'm, I was so proud of Alpenan and we were, we were such a great, you know, duo together in that green room that we were. Because when, for example, when we were right before going to the green room and going, before the, going in front of the press, we were having all of us, like Jalen Green, me, Ipen, Franz Wagner, you know, all the Scotty Bars, like everyone who was about to go uh, drafted. We were having some lunch and eating some stuff. And, and, you know, we were talking about how was your day going? And, how, and then now when I watch, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, as I said, Franz, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, we were having some grapes together right before going right before to the draft. draft. Yeah. What, exactly. While I'm watching... Uh, I, I don't know, uh, the Josh Giddy. I'm like, okay, we had breakfast together in the before the day before draft. So it's just, they are the memories. And I'm just, you know, still enjoying those. I was enjoying when I was with Arpan in the draft. Arpan was enjoying it. So we really didn't have no problem. And it went so smooth. And as I said, such a great memory. And I love Houston fans, by the way. They're something else. <laughs> I want to talk. I want to talk about probably one of the uh, most bitter and sweet moments at the same time, um, and, and that is uh, May thirtieth, twenty twenty one. That was the final of the uh, Euro League, and uh, I was actually following you, um, Shaquille uh, uh, McKissick, and Jordan. Help me with his last name because I want uh, to have Jordan mention. Dio? Um, while you guys were doing the yearly commentary final yeah. for fans, is that what it was called? Uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever it was on, on YouTube. Um, and um, and and you know, it was clear when it was clear that when it when uh, when it was when FS was going to win, uh, that that was a very emotional moment for you. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, you had seen a Turkish club. Uh, win 
the EuroLeague Final Four before with Fenerbahce. Um, um, but, you know, this club that you had, such a close connection, you know, there's your father that was in there. You know, coach had been to the same high school as you, and you kind of joke about that as well. And, um, and so there's that entire connection, and there's winning that. But at the same time, you weren't be you weren't able to be in Cologne. Yeah. Um, talk about that moment. Like I said, probably one of the most bitter and one of the most sweet moments uh, in your basketball life. Um, that moment was. Um, I was seeing. I was. I. I mean, I. When I look back right now, because I don't. I don't really remember how I was seeing that moment when we had a cup, you know, when we won the championship, because I was like, oh my goodness, it was just like so emotional. But when I look back, I see that moment as, you know, it was good that I was not in Cologne because, you know, I experienced it outside and it's good that I experienced it outside because if there will be any other chance that FS or Fenerbahce will be in final four, I'm definitely going to be there. I don't care. Like I will be there. I will be next to the team as me, not as a media member, as a fan, because sometimes maybe it happens to you as well. It's just, I always, for example, during the final four, during the NBA finals, during the draft, during the Eurobasket, during the FIBA, EuroLeague, whatever you call it, you're always a media you're, you have to always stand there. You have to always ready for the questions. You have to always, you know, see and observe what is going on. So I want to, I just want to be relaxed. I just want to see, I just want to scream. I just want to, you know, yell. I want to, I want to experience it as a, from a fan side. So next time that's, that's how I, because I always try to get the things from a positive way. I don't want to think about negative stuff. So I'm like, whenever I will be there, what there will be a cup chance again. I will be there as a fan. So that it's good that I experienced it as a media member from outside and from outside. Istanbul. Yeah. So yeah, but that was such an emotional moment. That was yeah. amazing. Uh, last question. Um, sure. You know, you are. You know, you. You know, you're doing so much right now, uh, and you are clearly having fun um goals dreams aspirations for short term long term whatever um you know what do you what do you what do you do you even think you know in the future you know what you want to do what what are some of those next steps that you kind of are are you know have going on in the brain saying all right let's try to figure some things out to maybe go take an, another step um well i'm 28 years old so i as we've talked, I experienced EuroLeague, FIBA, I experienced even drafts and finals and all of that. So I just want to experience after Turkey, after, because I, I did my journey in Italy, I'm doing my journey in Turkey. I want to stay here more, but meanwhile, I'm here, I want to go to Germany. I want to go to Serbia. I want to go to States. I want to go to China, even China. Like I want to experience basketball cultures two, three months in the different places that I want to give. You know, I just want to, it, it, maybe it sounds different and it, it sounds unusual, but I want to do something about that. And I'm, it's my goal that I want to create an environment, media environment about that. Maybe when I come to Germany, I'll do something with you as the commentator, as a show, you know, 
before the game, after the game, about the game. And but I see myself in the United States in the future doing this as an international journalist. And but I want to experience more in in internationally, let's say internationally in Europe, in US, in I don't know, China, even Australia. I want to see how the Australian basketball looks like from in in the in this place in Australia. So you know, since we're living, as I said, in a big, big, big territory with the same feelings, let's experience it. Why not? Wonderful way to close. Uh, Denise, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you uh, on all of your platforms and then we will call it a day. All right. Um, first of all, thank you for giving me this opportunity to express myself and to, you know, to um, give my ideas, my thoughts. And you can find me on Instagram as Denise Aksoy with double Z, you know, Denise Aksoy. And Twitter, I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I wish I used Twitter, but I really don't use Twitter. And I have a show on Esports. It's called Uchsania with like three seconds. It's, it, it starts with three. It comes from a three-second violation rule. And yeah, many other digital platforms. But if you really, really want to find me, you can go on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is the best way. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. And good luck. Thank you, David. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much.